Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roar Lions Roar. We have reached the final position preview in our podcast series. And to handle that, we brought on someone tonight who is really excited to talk about special teams. When I even mentioned special teams, Craig immediately said, please, 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 I want to be part of this podcast. So Craig Fritz, how are you? I'm doing great, Nick, and I'll tell you exactly why. Because special teams at the college level is where we get to see the kids that are going to be stars at other positions when they're very young. So it's kind of like the minor leagues for the first string. You get these kids that are the gunners and um, on the punt coverage and on the kick coverage and on the return teams um, when they're young and they want to get their, the coaching staff wants to get their feet wet. And then you, these, this is where they get their first taste of that Beaver stadium roar. Um, and so, um, and you know, there's a lot of turnover in this unit, so uh, it'll be a good chat tonight. I like that analogy, and it's a nice, you know, when we talked about the linebackers, we made fun of Cam Brown a little bit for the Michigan debacle, but now we can flip it on its head and talk about when Cam Brown was a freshman against Ohio State and he blocked the punt. So there you go. Nice little time to shine as the minor leaguer he was at that point. Um, real quick, before we get into it, Please make sure that you are subscribed to Roar Lions Roar on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, uh, wherever you listen to this podcast. And please also take the time to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Yes, you can do that on Spotify now. Helps get us into the ears of more listeners, and that is always a good thing. All right. So when it comes to special teams, the first thing that comes into my mind, elephant in the room, Jordan Stout's gone. You know, Jordan Stout was an absolute monster for Penn State. Still cannot fathom why or how Virginia Tech could not find a scholarship for him. Um, Tra- just travesty. Such an unbelievable special teamer for Penn State. Uh, specialized, obviously, on kickoffs and punts, but also was really valuable when it came to long uh, field goals. He wasn't perfect in that situation, but you know who's going to be perfect when you're consistently kicking 50-yard-plus field goals, especially in college. Um, and he is now off to the NFL, where I'm sure he will continue to be a superstar, joining the likes of Blake Gillikin as the Penn State punt crew in the NFL continues to grow. But the downside of that is that Penn State special teams unit is now in a bit of a flux. So I don't... Do you feel confident in their ability to replace the impact of Jordan Stout? I, I absolutely do not, because this stat just was posted on Twitter by uh, appropriately named account Sicko's Committee, and it was about punt return defense in the 2021 season. Penn State ranked one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth in the country, allowing 14 total punt returns on the season for a total of 39 yards for a wow. 2.79 yard per punt return average. That's ridiculous. That is having an ace in your up your sleeve in your back pocket under your hat brim wherever you want to put it to bail you out of trouble when your offense um blocks when the guard blocks the center and <laughs> you know um uh. Aiden Hutchinson tears your quarterback's head off and you need um Jordan Stout to punt for 65 yards to flip the field and um, keep you in the game. So yeah, it's a huge loss. And there is, in my opinion, you're going to have a lot of guys. um, We're talking about the kicking side now, obviously you're going to have a lot of guys 
that are not going to be able to produce to his level, but hopefully together they will be effective. So, um, on that same list, Matt, Matt Ariza was San Diego state, right? Correct. Where, where, where did they come in? Were they on that list? So this, this is a bit of a more team holistic look. So this only goes out to the top 12 in the country and San Diego state was not on this graphic that gotcha. Sicko's committee posted. This is why, so like I, Believe me, I love Matt Areza just as much as everybody else does. Like 80-yard punts on the regular, that's awesome. Love to see that. But this is why, you know, honestly, Jordan Stout is a better punter because kicking a ball 80 yards and ending in a touchback is fine, but it's better to kick the ball 52 yards and land on the five and force the guy to fair catch it. Like that. that's why Jordan Stout is a better punter. Matt Areza has an incredible leg, but Stout's placement on his punts like that was his big step from junior year to senior year. Like he was a good punter his first couple of years, but that senior year, he like his placement just, it literally became like coffin corner in Madden back in the days when Madden was fun. Like that's what it was. He was brilliant. And he, he was unbelievable. And to be honest, I was going into last season extremely concerned because Gilligan was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just don't usually get a run of punters consecutively that, have the effectiveness to help your team out like that. Yeah. So we'll get back to the punting era in a minute here, but I actually want to start with the place kicking. Um, last year, like I mentioned, we saw actually last year, we saw Jordan Stout handle pretty much all of the field goals until I think the very last game of the season, I think Pinnegar actually kicked. No Michigan state in the snow. Who could forget that? Yeah. <laughs> Shank at 23 <laughs> yards or whatever it was. Uh, but the previous year, it had been more of a natural split. Penniger handled basically everything inside of 40, and then Stout was pretty much over that. I think Penniger may have leaked into the 40s a little bit that first year, um, but it it sounded like it was a combination of maybe a nagging injury at first and then just kind of a lack of confidence. They just didn't wasn't quite getting the job done at practice. Um, but Jake Penniger should probably end up being the guy at kick at a place kicker this year. Um of course, the big challenger there is freshman Sanders Haydeck, who kind of made his name a couple of years ago when he was, or two years ago when he was recruit, um, regularly posting highlights of kicking like 75 yard field goals <laughs> and stuff like that. Granted, no defense, right? So you can keep the trajectory nice and low early on. That helps. But um, obviously, if you can kick a 75 yard field goal from with any condition, you have a massive leg. Plus, he's a lefty, which is awesome. Shout out to the Lehigh Valley. Um, Sander went to Becca High, uh, Bethlehem Catholic. So um, as a Lehigh Valley native, that is, uh, it's great to see. Excited to have a, a special teamer it. coming from that area. But I think, you know, we have a really good opportunity to probably have that split again um, with either it's going to be kickoffs for Sander and field goals for Jake or anything that's beyond 45 49 Sandra will have that shot to uh use his booming leg um and Jake closer in yeah if they're consistent I mean there's there's no guarantee here either that Sandra could just take the job over himself totally or Jake could take the job over himself I mean we we know Sahidic has the huge leg obviously but I wonder if maybe like those 50 plus yard field goals maybe those just become punts more often than they had the last couple of years, which is, you know, probably the safe move anyway. Um, but maybe I, maybe also it leads to going forward on fourth down a little more, which would be Do it, Jimmy. 
yeah, it would be a welcome change, honestly, <laughs> around midfield. Like that's you should be doing that. Um or inside of midfield, excuse me. It um I think the the natural thing I think when you like I know when I've explained to fans of other teams, um, like when we've talked to like other Big Ten teams, especially when we do previews and help out other sites with previews and stuff like that, they always kind of give us like a cross-eyed look when they like, especially with the Stout and Pinnegar, they're like, "Yeah, well, Pinnegar will handle the ones inside forty, and Stout the longer runs." And they're like, "What? What do you? What do you mean?" But like, they, it's not like they, they're both on scholarship. Like, you might as well use the resources you have. You thought enough of both of them to give them scholarships. Like, it's unorthodox, sure. Except I you know Michigan did it a little bit too back with Quinn Nordine and uh, Jake Moody. But you might as well do it if you have them, right? Yeah, I mean, use the resources at your disposal. Why would you not? If Jake's uh, accuracy f- completely falls off the table at 44 plus, you know, you need to use uh, Sahedek in that, those situations or whomever. Those yeah. are the guys that we know right now. Obviously, there's always other kickers around, but yeah. And you mentioned the uh, you mentioned kickoffs as well. For as you know, as awesome as Jordan Stout was um, in the punt game last year kickoffs had consistently been his calling card throughout his entire time at Penn state. Um, and that's a situation where yeah, you do just want to boom it out of the back of the end zone. And he did that with regularity. Like I, I maybe remember, I think I remember like one kickoff last year that didn't go for a touchback. And then maybe like one the year before that went out of bounds. I feel like it was like the first one of the season or something like that, but like he was just so consistent. I mean, I want, I want to say the Illinois game was so awful that there was one that went out of bounds in that game. But That's yeah, right. like you, it was just something you didn't have to think about because what's Jordan Stout going to do? He's going to drill it through the uprights on the opposite end of the field. Yeah. And it, you just say, okay, we're starting at the 25. I will be interested to see. Now, obviously, there's a new coach for this unit this year. We have Joe Lorig followed Dan Lanning um, up to... Oregon and now we have Stacy Collins who was at Boise State as the special teams coordinator co-defensive coordinator um, has a long history of coaching special teams mostly out west but I am interested to see you know I've seen some teams do the kick that lands at the one or the two mm-hmm. with real high hang time trying to pin teams deeper on the kickoff and not just seeding the 25 with the touchback it yeah. kind of plays into James Franklin being a little bit more risk averse than a lot of us would like. Um, but I'm interested to see if Stacy Collins has that <clears throat> or either of these kickers have that kick in their bags. They can, you know, try to maybe get drive started at the 15 after we score instead of the 25. Yeah, that was that was always something that I was kind of always in the back of my mind with Stout because like we know he has the placement ability on punts and we know he can get that hang time. So yeah, that was something I would think about a lot and be like, I mean, maybe try it a couple times, see what happens. But I mean, you can't complain with starting the team with the touchback every single time and just avoiding right. the situation altogether. Absolutely. And the you know the underrated aspect of avoiding the need to just play kick coverage where injuries are pretty common so you just get to avoid it all together probably the best um in the long run but yeah i, I mean sahedic seems like he's probably pretty well suited to do that like we just said like we know he has the massive leg um and i think pinnaker would be fine at it too but he just doesn't quite have the leg that sahedic seems to have 
Yeah. And I think as we talk about longer kicks have always been Pinnegar's bugaboo. And so, um, Sahada clearly seems like he'll be able to, um, get in the stout stratosphere, um, with the amount of touchbacks that he's able to produce. So I expect him to be on kickoffs for sure. Yeah. Um, so neither Craig nor myself are wearing Roar Lions Roar shirts or home field shirts right now, but that's okay because we still both support home field with all our hearts and souls. Um, like we've said on every podcast for a while now, our new sponsor here for the podcast is uh, Home Field Apparel, and we're really excited to be able to offer a discount code with them. If it's your first time using the site, you can use Roar Lions Roar, all caps, all one word for 15% off of your first order. And honestly, like, the shirts are they're top notch. We've you've heard us say it a hundred times at this point, but we'll say it a hundred times again. Like these are not the types of shirts that you can get other places. These are designs that are far beyond what we would have come up with at Roar Lions Roar. Like this is <laughs> we we think we're very creative and very clever, but we can't come up with the stuff that that they do because the amount of time and caring that they put into finding these designs that are special for everyone is significant. Like it's it that's the best way to describe it is they want to show you the customer that they care about making you a shirt that will matter to you. And it's going back in yearbooks, going back through old marketing material, finding the the logos or the icons or the mascot cartoons in Penn State's case that you haven't seen before or you have seen before and it's been a long time and it brings back good memories for you. And I feel like we're we focused a lot on the kind of the Penn State side of this and for, you know, for a good reason. It's a great Penn State line and Penn State obviously had a phenomenal big new Saturday, broke the record for home field apparel. But, you know, it's it's also worth mentioning that you should spend some time on their site floating around looking at the other schools too because I think my favorite thing to do when I go on home field's website is just to like do like a random boop and find a random school and see what kind of cool stuff they're like. Tulane stuff is awesome. There's a really oh, cool Winthrop shirt that I found. Um, Slippery Rock has one of the best shirts on there. Like there, it's you could literally just like toss all the schools they have into a random generate and pick pick one at totally by random, and you'd probably find two or three shirts that are awesome and that you would want to wear. Um, I know that Matt Filipovitz has told multiple stories about how he's been wearing random home field shirts around and had people come up and just start conversations with him about that school. Um, but that's a really cool thing about home field is that you can, yeah, you can find these things that you really connect with, but you can also find things that, you know, maybe just seem really cool to you and you can build a random connection with someone else. I got to throw, throw one out here. Colorado school of mines has mm. the most awesome donkey logo that home field has thrown this collection together and it is i i i want i wish i would have applied to this school after seeing this home field collection so nick's right um, (laughs) their care and finding and the creativity is just off the charts yeah so if you find yourself on homefieldapparel.com which you should um that code roar lines roar all one word all caps once again you can use that on penn state stuff but you can use that on anything if it's your first order you could make a cart with one shirt from 50 different schools out there if you want to. And that'd be a great way to refresh your wardrobe. Have, am I saying that I will do that at some point in the future? Yeah, I probably will. I love random stuff like that. So that's right up my alley. So once again, home field apparel, awesome new sponsor. We love working with them. We've loved talking to them. Make sure you go back and check out the podcast that CEO Connor Hitchcock did with bill last week. Awesome to hear about their process. 
and use the code at checkout for 15% off if you want to save a whole bunch of money on some really awesome shirts. Now let's talk about the punting situation. Like we said, Jordan Stout, we have to be speaking of Connor Hitchcock, Indiana fan, got to be prepared for punt week, right? Um, Like we said, Jordan Stout, gone, unfortunate. He was awesome. We will miss him dearly. The punting situation now seems to be a three-man race between um, Alex Paqueta from the most uh, recent recruiting class, who is a, I believe on one of the kicking sites, he was uh, either he was either a four- or five-star punter, one of the top-rated kids. Uh, the Kicking and punting rankings are very odd. Uh, you kind of have to go to weird places to find them. They don't even all appear on the same sites, so you got kind of got to look around. But a highly touted leg, no doubt. Um, we have Barney Amore also in the race. And then perhaps the most interesting punter who, honestly, I I didn't realize that he was legitimately a good punter. And I guess this is on me for being a, a poor quote-unquote analyst of Penn State. Uh, but Gabriel Wosu, who stands at, what, 6'7", six, six, I believe it is? All right, let's see here. We got Gabe. Last, in the media guide today, he is listed at 6'6". Six, six. 276 yeah so gabriel wosu is an absolute monster but by the most recent accounts that we've heard from practice it sounds like he might be leading the punting race which is i mean words cannot describe how happy i would be to see a 66 270 280 pound punter jogging out on the field for penn state that sounds amazing and you know and here's the thing you have to assume that just the momentum that he can put behind the ball is going to cause it to go extremely far. Right. Um, I think it would be awesome just as a novelty and for Gabe to be successful if he's the punter. And the only question I have is, uh, consistency Hmm. because if he's going to mix in, you know, go 25% with the booming kicks and then the other 75% are, Meh. Maybe you're looking at Paqueta. And Paqueta, by the way, was Cole's kicking, which is probably it's one of them. <laughs> it's one of them. He was the number one ranked punter on Cole's. There you go. So in the country, in the class last year. So is he going to give you more consistency? Amore's been here for a while. Is he going to give you more consistency? I have no idea because I haven't been at practice. But when you hear people say wow, after what Gabe does, it's pretty cool to hear about, you know, a punter who doesn't fit the mold of a punter at all having success um, in the lead up to the season. And I think, you know, the fact that Baquetta comes in so highly rated, like, yes, you know, like any college kid, it's even a specialist, like it's going to take a little bit to acclimate to the college game. Absolutely. Yes. But he clearly has a leg, right? Like it's, it's cl- this is clearly not an issue of talent. So if Wosu is the starting punter, that means that he beat out a legitimate talent, multiple legitimate talents, and that it's not just like, this isn't just like a gimmick. It's not just like a, uh, this is what we got. Let's hope it works out. Like, no, you're, you're putting the best guy out there. Penn State doesn't take punting lightly. Like they have given out scholarships to a punter several times under James Franklin, and they're going to keep doing it too. If he wins the job, it's going to be because he, won the job and i think that puts him in a really good spot like i it's i think it'd be very foolish to expect any of them to be jordan stout 
but there's no reason they can't be really effective in their own right. Yeah, exactly. And like we said before, um, you're not going to replace Stout, who yeah. was so reliable, so many inside the 20, so many inside the 10, just really flipping the field when the offense was having a hell of a time getting things going. But they can still be effective. And maybe that's as a group or as an individual, um, whatever comes out of this camp battle. But it is totally fascinating to watch. Yeah. Um, so previously you mentioned how kind of the kick coverage and punt coverage teams kind of end up mirroring like minor leagues in baseball, which I love that analogy. And I would love to be able to sit here and just pour through all the possible names we could see on those units, but that's just ridiculous. Um, but one thing we can do is we can talk and focus on who the return men will be now. Um, you know, in Penn state's not the only one that's under Jordan stout that experience that was that had the benefit of having a lot of touchbacks like touchbacks have just become a more common part of the game. Like kids are coming into the sport, coming into college with bigger and bigger and bigger legs all the time. Um, And it's just not as common anymore to see kick returns all that often, but Penn state has some really fascinating options to be possible kick returners. Whether you're talking about a guy like Parker Washington, or you're talking about um, a Marquise Wilson, somebody who has some experience on special teams already, a really fluid and, kind of twitchy athlete um you have a freshman like nick singleton and caden saunders two guys with elite top end speed um is there somebody in particular that you want to see let's just focus on kick returners first because we could talk about punt returners separately i honestly don't pay a ton of attention to kick returning now just because of the way that it has become penn state is either fair catching the ball with a younger player with a white italian safety You know, it's it. You, we laugh, but they used to literally have an up man <laughs> and a deep man, and the up man was the white Italian safety and caught. You know, but um, now that you Jesse Deli Valley kick, back there for the kick. <laughs> now that you can fair catch kickoffs, uh, we haven't really had many returns uh, since KJ. You know, basically saved the day against App State in yep. 2018. And everyone's like, no, no, no. Okay, go, 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 go. (laughs) And maybe the best example of no, no, no. Yes, 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 ever. And this is, again, you know, brings us back to James Franklin's risk averse nature with special teams. Um, So I I don't know. Could Nick Singleton be back there? Absolutely. Are they going to let him return a kick? Who knows? Because, again, as you said, it is a highly injurious unit. Lots of guys can get hurt on defending and blocking for kicks and returning kicks and covering kicks. And so are they, you know, when you have some depth issues at some important positions, um, are you really, really willing to risk um, some injuries there? Like we talked about last night, a lot of times your backup linebackers are on your kick coverage and return teams. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how much um, risk do you want to expose them to? Um, if, if he just fair catches, they're just kind of letting the guy blow by and, you know, going to the bench. So, yeah. And I mean, honestly, if you, if you trust your offense and you believe in what your offense is doing, there's no reason to not be fair catching every time, right? Like it's statistically, it just doesn't make sense to not, it's an, it's an unnecessary risk at this point. Um, 
I will. The only thing I'll add, I agree with everything you said. The only thing I'll add is that I, I was hoping to see and was excited to see Kaziah Holmes on kick return this year. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it's it's a it is a bummer for me personally that he's choosing to transfer. I totally I mean I totally get it. It's, I think get it's it. yeah. pretty clear at this point that he's fallen down the depth chart, um, and I hope he finds great success elsewhere. Uh, but I, I I liked him as as a player a lot, and I would have been fun to see him returning kicks. But it is what it is. Punt returner, I think, is a bit more clear cut, and I think is obviously at this point, like you like you mentioned, the way that the game has changed is a more important role because you it's it's more common to return a punt now than it is to return a kick which go back 10 years and say that and you'll be bugging out um but it seems like parker washington is probably just you know aside from stepping into Jahan dotson's role as the number one receiver is also going to step into his role as the punt returner yeah and i think it's a perfect role for parker um again this emphasizes how much turnover there is in the special teams unit we kind of took Dotson for granted, you know, and he was, I wouldn't say the best returner we've had in the two thousands, but he's the best returner we've had in quite some time. Um, Would you put him ahead of Deandre Tompkins? I think what, I think when he had the biggest returns were in bigger moments. And so maybe overall the body of work is not, as, I'm sorry. Like are you, are you downplaying the importance of Deandre Tompkins punt, uh, punt return against Pitt? Uh, of course not. <laughs> but Han is obviously an electric player, first round pick. And um, I love Parker Washington as a player. Um, I, his catch radius is insane. As a smaller guy myself, I appreciate the fact that Parker Washington can do the things he does athletically. And Craig wants to be like, Parker Washington when yeah, he grows up. I mean, up. I want to be Parker Washington because <laughs> he's a freak, in my opinion, for his size. Um, and I think he's going to step in there and be effective. But again, it comes to back to this risk averse nature of James Franklin. How much, how much are you willing to risk Parker Washington taking a knock on a punt return when he's probably going to be your number one receiver? Now he was willing to do that with Jahan Dotson. Mm -hmm. Jahan Dotson was like one of the slipperiest players I've ever seen. We don't have to go back to the Minnesota game film um, in 2019, but other than that, you know, he didn't take many square shots. Um, Parker's a little bit more of a guy that seeks out contact. So, um, but I think he's, I think he is hands down going to be the guy that is the starter, at least at the beginning of the season, um, receiving punts. I'm glad you mentioned that Parker is more of a guy to seek out contact because that is honestly my only reservation with him being a punt returner. If I'm thinking about my ideal punt returner, yeah, I, it's nice to have a guy who can fight through contact and keep moving, but I am more interested in their ability to go untouched as often as possible on the punt return. And that's where I think the idea of Marquise Wilson is pretty interesting because he's definitely the mold of a guy like a takes 10 minutes to touch him in a phone booth type deal. <laughs> like it's, he's a twitchy. lot, yeah, he's a lot more twitchy, a lot more slippery. Um, just a more difficult guy, I think, will it will be a more difficult guy to get your hands on. And while I think both can be really effective, I think it is worth asking whether you really want Parker Washington out there too often returning punts, seeking out contact to punish guys that try to tackle him, 
instead of a Marquise Wilson, who and Marquise Wilson is showing out well at cornerback too, and it seems like he'll be part of the rotation. But you know, he's still fourth or fifth in that rotation, so right. just less less important in the grand scheme of the roster. It is, I think, it is worth at least maybe maybe like a fifty fifty split between the two of them. Like maybe if it's a like a punt that's going to land around midfield, then you go Parker because you just want to get at least a couple yards just to shorten it. But maybe if it's a deeper punt where you know you're going to have room to move, then you go Marquise so you can let him kind of operate and jiggle around a little bit more. Um, just that's that's the only thing for punt return yeah. for me. Yeah, and I think it's a really good point because um, Franklin has talked for several years about ways to get Marquise Wilson involved Mm-hmm. other than being a defensive back. Um, they've tried him on offense and some gadget plays, a little bit of time at receiver, but this is an open door to say, okay, you know, you're, you're a depth guy at corner, talented, but that room is stacked. So um, give him a shot to return punts and see what he can do. Yeah, why not? Uh, last thing I want to talk about before we get out of here, Craig, is um, we mentioned already about the coaching change. I'm so last year when it came to tricky special teams things, I wouldn't call it the most successful season. Um, I'm curious if you think the coaching change will have any impact on one, the types of special teams trickery they attempt, or two, how often they'll try it. So, full disclosure, I have not watched um, Boise State special teams film leading into this i hope that james franklin trusts stacy collins and leans on him to make these decisions because nothing can be more frustrating take it back to the michigan game last year where they have a fake punt and it works and it keeps the drive alive and everyone is just yes and then they get down to the two yard line can't punch it in are attempting a field goal and you know what you say you know what we we kept the drive alive we got to get something out of this and then to do another fake <laughs> that failed miserably <laughs> i just hope that stacy collins is able to like pull out the you know the hook and say don't do that kind of stuff <laughs> um i have to say though that fake punt was one of the more creative that we've seen during the franklin tenure yeah the the fake field goals it's just uh, that close in i'm like yeah you gotta you, you can't come this far against a defense that's that good and then come away with nothing um so i wonder if um with the hopeful return of a run game for penn state <laughs> that those types of things will become less necessary oh, or at least Lord less less top of mind um yeah, but yeah, totally agree. I I don't I don't need to see like a whole new playbook of twenty five new special teams wrinkles. Just know when to try it and when to not. More importantly, when to not. Like that was not a situation to try something like that again, and it went exactly the way that everyone probably thought it was going to. Well, you, the point about having a reliable running game makes a lot of these decisions kind of moot. And it also makes them more effective because you don't have to go to the bag of tricks to get the yards that you would normally be able to get with your running game or your standard offensive sets. So, and, or 
a, a trick play on offense. Yeah. When the offensive line can block it up. So hopefully, as you said, it kind of eliminates the need to say, we got to make sure that we can keep the ball moving on special teams because the offense isn't able to do it. Yeah. God willing. Um, <laughs> you have any final thoughts on special teams before we get out of here, Craig? I mean, I'm hyped about special teams. Let's go, baby. I want to see, you know, Amari Evans making mm. a huge play on special teams. That's uh, my guy. You know, all, all these, you know, I want to see uh, Christian Driver making a huge play on special teams. Yeah. All these guys that people get hyped up for in the, in the recruiting classes that come in and end up, you know, they're fifth, sixth on the depth chart. That's how it normally works, but they get their chance to shine and, you know, love it when they can make those plays and just the whole team goes nuts when the young kids make a big play. So looking forward to it. Totally. Uh, well, congratulations, folks. You've made it to the end of our position previews for the 2022 Penn State season. Um, this does not mean we're done with podcasts, obviously not. But we will be moving towards a model where we do not put out a new podcast every single day at this point. Um, for the rest of the preseason, we'll probably aim for two a week, um, maybe three occasionally, just depending on what we have going on that week as far as guests coming in and stuff like that. Um, but as we move into the season, there will definitely be two a week going forward. We'll have the recap and the preview like we always do, and then probably have something else special midweek, like finding some new guest or just some sort of fun thing in the middle of the week to kind of break up the monotony of waiting for practice reports to come in and finding out who's healthy, who's not. You know, just just something to something to keep you on your toes. Uh, but we appreciate you everything um, that you have listened to at this point. Like we we're unbelievably grateful that we've had so many listeners already as we've kind of refreshed and relaunched the podcast here. Uh, we're so happy that you're still following along the ride with us. And like we said before, like we are really committed to making this podcast much better than it has been in the past, making it more informative and just more interesting and fun to listen to. Part of that's YouTube. Uh, part of that's new microphones where our voices sound way better. And part of it's just going to be, we're going to work really hard to find fun guests and all that kind of stuff. Um, but like I said, thanks for listening to all these position previews. Uh, it was fun to do them as a good way to kind of get ourselves reacclimated and ready for the new season with what looks like, you know, a pretty darn good football team. Definitely some question marks, but I, there's no reason in my mind to say that this team can't compete for the big 10, you know, this it's all there for them if they can put those pieces together. And we'll talk more about that in the coming days and weeks. We'll look at the schedule. We'll make some predictions, all that jazz, but tonight we're just going to leave it here. So once again, thank you for listening to roar lines, roar, be sure to subscribe, leave us a five-star review on Apple podcast, Spotify, make sure you visit homefieldapparel.com and use your uh, discount code roar lines, roar, all caps, one word. If it is your first time visiting the site for 15% off of your first order, loaded all that stuff in that cart, get a nice big discount. It is well worth it. Once again, for myself, Nick Pollock, for my co-host tonight, Craig Fritz, thanks for listening. Go state. Go state. Love you guys.